Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and his journey back to God. So today we're in Proverbs 25 and it's basically just more Proverbs from Solomon. They've been compiled by Hezekiah and his wise men. Um, So, but before we start reading, let's go to God in prayer. Father, I thank you for today. I'm grateful for who you are. And I just lift up this time. I pray that as we read, as we go through your scriptures, that you would help us to understand you more so that we can love you more with our whole being. I just pray, Father, as we read that your Holy Spirit would guide us, that we'd be filled with your wisdom and understanding, and that we could love our neighbors as ourselves as we learn more about your love and who you are. So, Father, as we go through your words today, I just pray you'd walk next to us. You'd open our eyes, open our ears, and open our hearts to fully understand what you want us to know today. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So there's a few things going on right now. This might be a little bit longer discussion than normal. Um, We're going to go through and just read the verses I've put into the the description of the podcast, a few of the verses that were kind of hit me. But then there's also what I think is some great commentary. It's a sermon from um, Charles Spurgeon, and it was in... January 6th, 1876. And there's just some really cool things in there that I'm going to read through those and try to have it make as much sense as possible. It's only bits and pieces. This sermon that he did is probably about an hour and a half long, two hours. It's huge, but I'm just trying to pick some, some cool pieces out of it. Cause there's a lot of them. Um, and then also just kind of as a, as a status, it's interesting. Um, for those of you who've been following along with me, I'm doing a dry uh, January, and I tried to do, and I did some, a dry December. And it's interesting because I got to a point in December where I got pretty excited. I felt like it was easy. And then all of a sudden, as soon as I did that and started thinking that, I failed. Well, yesterday when I was reading, I'm using an app that I just follow through and kind of track my, my alcohol intake and just the challenges or whatever's happening it mentioned that there's this thing called the pink cloud and the pink cloud happens after about seven or 10 days of being not having any alcohol. And it makes you feel kind of euphoric. Like this is easy. I'm never gonna have any more problems. I have tons of energy. Life is perfect and I'm excited. And then all of a sudden your body readjusts and you kind of come back to normal, your normal energy levels, thought processes, everything. And that's when a lot of people struggle again. And that's exactly what happened to me. And that's where then I struggled for the rest of December and uh, in terms of drinking and, you know, rationalizations. So I can already start feeling it coming on here in January. Um, And so I just thought it was very interesting how I thought, you know, I was, I just felt like a complete failure and, uh, for not, you know, not being completely dry, having, you know, drinks on the weekends or whatever. And, uh, only to find out that, you know, the reality is it's a pretty common situation. So now I'm aware of it and I'm looking forward to, to beating it like I did last year anyway. So let's go into Proverbs 25. Um, 
let's just go. Verse one, these are more Proverbs of Solomon compiled by the men of Hezekiah, king of Judah. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. To search out a matter is the glory of kings. As the heavens are high and the earth is deep, so the hearts of kings are unsearchable. Remove the dross from the silver, and a silversmith can produce a vessel. Remove wicked officials from the king's presence, and his throne will be established through righteousness. Do not exalt yourself in the king's presence, and do not claim a place among his great men. It is better for him to say to you, Come up here, than for him to humiliate you before his nobles. My father used to tell me about this all the time. He used to always say, you know, son, don't try to go and hang out with, you know, famous people or people that are, you know, celebrities or whatever. And by imposing yourself, because you maybe met them once and then, oh yeah, I know them. It's much better for you to have them reach out to you. And if they really do want to be with you or they want, they recognize you, then you're, you're, um, whatever, then, then it's, it, it's better that they recognize you instead of you trying to impose yourself in there and being pushed away. Cause I, I swam inside. So I knew a lot of top swimmers when I was a kid and I tried to go and hang out with them and <clears throat> it didn't always work. And he's like, son, dude, stop it. <laughs> Let them say, Hey, you come on over here and hang out. Hey, how you doing? And talk to you and make you feel good rather than, uh, who are you <laughs> in front of everyone? Anyway, so I, I just, he, he used to tell me this all the time on, he would quote this to me. Um, let's see, verse eight, what have you seen with your eyes? Do not, do not bring hastily to court for what will you do in the end? If your neighbor puts you to shame, if you take your neighbor to court, do not betray another's confidence or the one who hears it may shame you and the charge against you will stand like apples of gold and settings of silver is a ruling rightly given. Like an earring of gold or an ornament of fine gold is the rebuke of a wise judge to a listening ear. Like a snow-cooled drink at harvest time is a trustworthy messenger to the one who sends it. He refreshes the spirit of his master. Like clouds and wind without rain is one who boasts of gifts never given. Through, pa- pr- through patience, a ruler can be persuaded and a gentle tongue can break a bone. If you find honey, eat just enough, too much of it, and you will vomit. Seldom set foot in your neighbor's house. Too much of you, and they'll hate you. (laughs) Don't overstay your welcome, right? Like a club or a sword or a sharp arrow is one who gives false testimony against a neighbor. Like a broken tooth or a lame foot is is reliance on the unfaithful in a time of trouble. Like one who takes away a garment on a cold day, or like vinegar poured on a wound, is one who sings songs to a heavy heart. You know, it's true. So many times I listen to people, they're talking to someone who's who's depressed, who's sad, who's going through something, and they're basically trying to cheer them up by being peppy. And you know what? That person doesn't want, want peppiness. They don't want you to sit there and be like, oh, it's okay, and everything's going to be okay, blah, blah, blah. They don't want that. And it kind of pisses them off and makes it even worse. Anyways, verse 21, if your enemy is hungry, give him food to drink, to eat. If he is thirsty, give him water to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head and the Lord will reward you. You know, I always focused on verse 22, the second part of that, 
whole proverb. I was, you know, fine. If I had an enemy, I'd be nice to him, but it's because I wanted coals on their head, not because I was doing the right thing, <laughs> doing it out of the gracious heart. Verse 23, like a north wind that brings unexpected rain is a sly tongue which provokes a horrified look. Better to live on a cor- corner of the roof than share a house with a quarrelsome wife. Like cold water to a weary soul is good news from a distant land. This is the verse that we're going to read through with um, some of Spurgeon's comments. Verse 26, like a muddied spring or a polluted well are the righteous who give way to the wicked. It is not good to eat too much honey, nor is it honorable to search out matters that are too deep. Like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. So there's a lot there and there's a lot about honey. So, um, <laughs> but let's go to, let's go to what proverb, what, um, Charles Spurgeon had to, had to say when he was preaching, um, in January of 1876, he focused on Proverbs 25 as cold water to a thirsty soul is good news from a far country. So this is really, you can sit here and think about what's a thirsty soul and he says, you know, let's look at Hagar. He, he writes, look at Hagar in the wilderness with her child, whom she has cast under one of the shrubs that she may not see him die. The water in the bottle is spent, and she longs for a cooling draught that might save the young, lad's, the young lad's life. Then the Lord opened her eyes so that she saw a well of water in the desert. And as she filled her bottle from it, she understood what cold waters are to a thirsty soul. The proverb is true, he writes, in its most literal literal interpretation. When we are in a far country, separate from those we love, there is no greater pleasure than that of receiving letters with tidings of their welfare from them. Even the little details about household affairs, the minor events which we would scarcely have noticed if we had been there, become exceedingly interesting to us. And the longer we have been away from home, the more dear everything becomes to us when we hear of it, hear of it in the far country where, for a while, our lot has been cast. So I think about, even just with my grandson, my oldest daughter and my grandson, when I FaceTime them, I'm happy when they just FaceTime me and and, uh, they're just cooking dinner and he's hanging out being a, you know, soon to be two year old. And just kind of doing his th- doing his thing. It's great for his pop pop just to be able to see him tottering around, playing with stuff, you know, hanging on the dog, all that good stuff. It's those sorts of things are so good for my my soul. And so he he writes first. Good news from God for sinners is like cold waters to a thirsty soul. Secondly, good news from heaven for saints is like cold water to a thirsty soul. And thirdly, good news in heaven from earth, the good news which reaches that far country every now and then, is to angels and glorified saints as cold water to a thirsty soul. First then, and may God bless us for this first head. Let's just go. First then, good news from God for sinners is like cold water to a thirsty soul. Sin has led sinners into a far country. 
that part of the description of the prodigal son who gathered all and went into a far country, aptly describes the condition of the human race. Man before the fall was near God. He communed with God. But when Adam and Eve heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day, after they had disobeyed him, they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. Practically, by his sin, Adam set out on a long journey away from his happy home, and soon he was far off. When God came, so he was far off, so far off that when God came, where he had formerly communed with him, he had to cry out to, cry out to him, Adam, where are you? So the sinner, those who haven't accepted Christ, they have a soul that's longing. They're in a desert and they're thirsty, he writes. And then he writes, Jesus demolished the barrier which stood between a justly angry God and a guilty but repenting sinner. And now there is a way of approach for the very worst of men and women, right up to the throne of the Most High. By the blood of Jesus, once shed for many for the remission of sins, the guiltiest foot of man may come. Yes, by the blood besprinkled way, the most condemned sinner may come, Without fear of being repulsed, the chasm has been filled, the gulf bridged over, and if you truly believe in Jesus Christ, you may, in his name and for his sake, come back to your heavenly Father. That is the, the thirst, or the, the, the water, the cool water for the thirsty soul. Christ and his salvation for the sinner who's lost that is the, the cool water for that thirsty soul. He goes on for another <laughs> 5,000 words, but we're going to stop right there. I just love the way Spurgeon can take two, two sentences or one verse and expand upon it and find so many pieces in it that are important, that are enlightening for us. To even sit there and think about, not only is there the good news for sinners, like cold water to a thirsty soul, but then the good news from heaven for saints is like it. And then that there's good news in heaven from earth for the angels. So I just, I just marvel at the way he writes. And I love the fact that the, the cold water to a weary soul is good news is as good news from a distance, distant land. God's message to us, us sinners satisfies our soul, which is just so longing for satisfaction. I know I kept trying to fill it up with stuff. And I know when I wander, I do that. But when I stay and I stay in him, my soul is satisfied and I don't need to try to, to fill it up with things. So with that, let's go back to God. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done and who you are. Thank you for satisfying us. Thank you for filling that spot, that place in our spirit and our souls that only you can fill. I know so many times that I've tried to fill it with other things and it never works. Leaves me empty and usually in a very much a worse position. So Father, I thank you for your bridge that you've made through Jesus. And I just lift up that the message of your son and salvation would be one that 
takes over our land and that you'd be honored and glorified. And I pray this year as I strive to love you with my whole being and my neighbor as myself, that you would guide me and give me the ability to do that because I know I can't do it on my own. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. I hope you have a great day.